Sorry, Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, 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 um, not the double G, because that's a pour in the packet, soup. Um, <clears throat> Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. The word of God says that we can see, if we look, we will see and discern the signs and the times. And uh, here we have astronomers from the east looking at the stars, and all of a sudden a star pops up, and through their observation they come to, I don't know how they do that, must be God, but all of a sudden they go, oh, that's, that's the sign of the Christ. That's the sign of the King of the Jews. Let's follow it. And isn't it amazing that some star just popped out one day and just said, follow me. And there was a blinking light, and they followed the star. And they followed it to a, what was it? A stable. What, what really freaks me out about that is, did the star come down and just hover over the stable? Or was it just a beam of light just went boom? How did they know it was a stable? How did they see the light? I don't know if about you, but there's many, many times I've gone out and looked at the stars, and not one of them has just shone in one place. <laughs> not one. And yet, these men, these wise men, they, they were able to say it's shining there on that building. That's something amazing. And so, when people say, oh, they're worshipping the stars, so did they. The stars were like a book for them. And for us as Māori, the stars were like a book for us. You know, back in the day, in the early, early times, they used to have people called pilots. And what they used to do was they would get little maps of the shoreline around England. And they would know all the shoals and all the rocks. And then they would pilot the ship from one city to the next port. And then they got paid and then someone else would pilot it from that place to the next place. Because the pilots had plans. The ship's captains never had them. But they never left sight of the coastline because they thought they would fall off the end of the world. Um, at the same time, uh, Māori were travelling across the Pacific, <laughs> coming down through Asia, all the way around by the stars. Uh, um, we followed the stars. The stars shone for us as a people and led us to places. We saw the signs in the times. When we asked for land, we need new land, we need a place for our own. And they said, follow that southern star. And so they did, and here we are. And so the stars are important for all people. If we are able to, 
And if we put aside our prejudices and our lack of understanding mostly, then we will be able to see and discern the signs in the time. Amen. This is my darling. This is my honey. This is Beth. Uh, um, Papu Kara, Ko Marion Downey, Okumatua, Ko Paura Tikiri, Tokuhua Rangatira. So that was just giving a, a mihi to, first of all, our Lord and Saviour, then to our pastors, then to my family and friends, and to all of you, and just telling you where I come from, which is Waikato, the Waikato area. You're going to stand there, or would you want to sit? <laughs> Just take over. <laughs> um, so, katuo imua yakoto. So, I stand before you today as a jigsaw puzzle. So, before I came to know God, I was a jigsaw puzzle with very many pieces missing, and it's been with the love of God that my jigsaw puzzle is becoming to be whole. So I guess I just want to help you with your understanding with Matariki, which I didn't know much about till a few years ago as I began my journey to discover who I am. And, um, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I didn't know that I was a Māori. Um, we were raised in a loving Catholic family, and um, my father was a full-blooded Māori, but he grew up in a time where that was not good. So Matariki... So this is where I got my information by Dr. Rangi Matamua, who is a professor in Waikato, an absolutely amazing man, whose koro was used to map out the stars, and um, it was passed down through him. And then his koro wondered where he, what he was going to do with it, and then um, he ended up passing it on to Dr. Rangi. So what is Matariki? Um, so, you know, you understand it was awesome. So Matariki is a cluster of stars. It is the beginning of a new year of the, in the Māori calendar. So Pipiri doesn't translate as June. Pipiri is about the lunar month or the lunar, the lunar states of the moon. And so that's what Pipiri is. What does Matariki mean? So there are a few names for Matariki. So best first thought it was Little eyes, which it is not little eyes. <laughs> um, so these are some of the names for Matariki. Te hui hui o Matariki, the assembly or the cluster of Matariki. Te tau tari nui o Matariki, Matariki fixed in the heavens. 
Tariki, an abbreviation of Matariki, and a Matotiariki Tafari Matia, the eyes of the god Tafari Matia. That was what um, Joe was talking about, how when they separated Tafari Matia was so distressed that he took out his eyes and he threw them in the skies and they landed in the, in the bosom of his, of his father, um, Ranginui. I want to do this quickly because um, I've got some stories to tell you. So, um, Hamiora Pio from Ngati Awa in Fakatani, he wrote that in his manuscript and gave them to Best about the seven stars, and Best recorded them. He also gave two additional stars, but Best did not record those. So, these are the stars. So, we have Uru, we have Tupuarangi, we have Tupuanuku, Matariki, who's the mother star of the cluster and the name of the cluster, Ururangi, Waipungarangi, Waiti, and Waita. The one thing I love about Māori is how, how we're very even, you know, we're very balanced. So we have male, female, earth, sky, rainwater, salt water, and just in this cluster you can, you can see that. So if you have a... Oh, we'll just flick to the next one first. So the two stars that weren't recorded, best didn't record, were Pahutakawa and Hiwaiterangi. And so they, they were the stars that were also recorded in um, Dr. Rangi's Koro's manuscripts as well. So if we have a look at the stars, so Pahutakawa is a star that represents those that have passed away and those that we, we have loved. Hiwaiterangi is the star connected with the granting of our wishes and realising our aspirations for the coming year. Urirangi is the star connected with the winds. Waiti is a star connected with the oceans and the food sources within it. And Waiti is the connected to the freshwater bodies and food sources that are sustained by those waters. Waipuna Arangi is connected with the rain. And Matariki is the star that signifies reflections, hopes, and our connection to the environment and the gathering of the people. Matariki is also connected to the health and well-being of people. She's the mother star of the group. What Paul was, what um, Joe was sharing about when the stars shine brightly, back in the day we had tohunga who were specialists. That's what a tohunga is, is a specialist in a certain area. And they, they had ones that were specialists in astronomy. Back then they didn't have iPhones that were, they were standing in front of and so their sight was incredible. And they could see... And it's recorded that they could see great distances. And that is how they would foretell the year. And I love, because Matariki is up for 11 months of the year and then it goes down beyond the horizon and it's said to go into the underworld. There's a whole big story and I, I suggest you watch the presentation by Dr Rangi. And it goes down into the underworld and then it rises again and that's when we celebrate. So if we have a look at the next slide... You can see a picture of, there's a circle there with Matariki around it. That's the Matariki. And the best time to see in Matariki is the, in the early dawn. So I, when I go for a walk at five o'clock in the morning when Matariki's up, you can see Matariki. It's a great time to have a look. And the times that we celebrate Matariki, so when we have these big guy forks and stuff, it's actually not Matariki. That's not the time we celebrate, but I think they do it to coincide with the with our calendar rather than the maramataku of, of um, Utiwi Māori. And so this is the time with the square around it when we should celebrate Matariki, which has been this past week. And in um, Dr Rangi's book, um, you can see the next five, or he's actually got the next 50 years to where you can celebrate Matariki. So 
that's Matariki in a very, very short. But I suggest that you go and um, have a look at that presentation. It's really good. Okay. We got any tissues? Got a snotty nose. <laughs> and I don't want to rub it on my sleeve in front of you all. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so I'm just going to give you a short outcome or a short story about my life and um, a life of a little bit about myself and my husband. So I was born and raised a Catholic, like I mentioned. Like just loved our family life. It was the best place that you could ever be. Always felt loved by my parents, and it was just great. I was a very rebellious teenager. <laughs> Something was missing in my life. I didn't know what it was, but there was something missing. And so I... <laughs> and so I went searching for it. Drugs, alcohol, boyfriends. Actually, there wasn't many boyfriends. <laughs> and never, ever found it. Um, I didn't know that I was Māori. Even when I was at high school, I didn't relate. I, I just didn't know. Didn't do... I think we went to the marae once... So my father left his Tūranga Waiwai and moved to Wellington. And so we had, we had, I had none of that. And that didn't bother me, because what you don't have, you don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. You don't understand it. Um, so as again, very rebellious teenager. But through it all, I, God, you know, when I reflect back, I know that God was with me. He kept me in a rape situation. He kept me in attempted suicides. He kept me at unsavoury parties and a teenage pregnancy. Through all of that, God loved me. And I guess I stand here as a reflection of the prayer of my parents. You know, if I didn't have parents that prayed for me, I don't know what would have happened. And then I met Paul when I was 15. So at the moment we are coming up to our 41st anniversary. <laughs> Marriage is a decision. It's a choice. <laughs> oh no. It's you it's you know on both sides it's hard work. You know nothing nothing's going to come easy but it, it's really hard work and you just have to make a decision and a choice that you're just going to see through it and do it together and that's the only way you can get through. Um, so we've got four children. There's our daughter, Miriana. She's going to help us sing a song later. <laughs> um, we have 16 grandchildren, and it is awesome. And what brought me to the Lord is when I saw the change in my parents, and I saw they changed because they came along with the charismatic renewal and um, just Holy Spirit anointing. And so there was a hunger in me for that. And so... Me and Paul became Christians, but there was still, you know, I love God. I just, there's nothing more than I love than God, but there was still something missing. And then when our um, youngest boy went to a school, I went to training college to become a teacher. And then I found out that I was a Māori. Probably been the hardest walk in our lives because when we, joined the church, we were told to leave everything like that behind us, you know, not to go in the marae because it was, you know, you were devil worshipping, 
And so we did. I didn't know anything different because I'd never been there and it hasn't been till later. And um, discovering who I am has been really challenging. Um, there's lots of things you've got to get over, things like um, you get really angry. <laughs> you get really angry that you have to learn the language of our people that was taken away from us. And you have to keep going to God and asking for forgiveness because you don't want to feel this anger for people who had nothing to do with it. <laughs> you know, it was your ancestors and our ancestors. We didn't have anything to do with it, but we, we are the people that pay for it. God is a loving God. And um, I wouldn't change this journey for anything. But like I said, it's a, it's a challenging journey. I love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I just, I love, I love this church. I love coming here. I love, um, I just love meeting you all. And um, I just want you to know we're just, Māori people are really different. <laughs> we are, we are, and um, it's really hard to get out of a box that you've been put in for so long. And um, so, you know. We love you. Uh, my story is a lot different from Beth. Um, I grew up in a little place called Ohinimutu. Um, it's in uh, Rotorua, in the heart of the cultural place, whatever. And um, my playground was the Marae. Uh, has anybody ever seen a, a building called Tamata Kapwa? Mm-hmm. A lot of people see it on the news, and it's it's the um, it's the uh, pretty much the heart of the Tiarawa, uh people. Uh, it's the biggest meeting house there, and um, that was my that was my playground. We used to play hide and seek there. I would climb up onto the roof and hide behind the tickle tickle at the very top. Playing hide and seek, and uh, when when uh, someone when they ran away to try and hunt everybody else, I'd climb back down and go, "Want to see my home safe?" Um, and so I, I ran everywhere, bare feet. Um, I think I don't think I wore underpants till I went to college. <laughs> Just shorts. Just shorts. That's all we had. That's all we had. I had, um, I had uh, one sister, and I still have one sister, and I had uh, four, four older brothers. And, um, and so everything was passed down. I mean, everything was passed down. And so, so sometimes, by the time it got to me, who was the youngest then, there wasn't much left to be passed down, but I still had to wear whatever it was. And, um, but my days began early in the mornings. I would get up. And I'd go outside and we'd make tin boats, bows and arrows. We'd go swimming, we'd go eeling, we'd go catching coda, and uh, we'd swim in the hot pools and uh, um, do a whole lot of stuff around the Morai. And so the Morai was uh, pretty much where I kind of grew up. Um, we used to sit there and listen to the, the old people speaking all the time. And so... 
you know, as a young young boy, I would go to sleep listening to the the Faikorero on the Morai, and so that was my. No, that's I, I went to sleep hearing the reo, and I woke up hearing the reo, uh, but we weren't allowed to say anything about it. Uh, it was a bit of a if I said anything at school, you got a crack, and so. We were told, no, don't learn anything Māori, just stay away from it and uh, you'll be okay. Um, but like Beth, something has been missing in my life for a long time. And uh, the biggest hole there was Christ. And he filled that hole that was in my heart. Uh, when I got saved, um, I was kind of a violent guy. I know I don't look it. <laughs> um, but I was extremely violent. Uh, if I got had a few beers, um, you know, you know, well, yes. And so, because um, that was the lifestyle I grew up with. It was beer, fights, rugby, fights, beer, fights, beer, fights, and more beer and more fights. And so that was the lifestyle I grew up with, because that's all I knew. And um, when I got married, when I met Beth, uh, and we got married, I just thought, I don't want my kids going through what I went through. I don't want them going through uh, the party lifestyle. Uh, if you've ever seen Once a Warriors, that was me. That was our lifestyle. We grew up in that. Uh, parties, guitars, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And so when I got saved, um, I was told all that stuff... That's where all the violence comes from. It's from your Māori past, so throw it all away. And so that's what I did. And um, I stopped going to the marae. Uh, if people spoke to me in Māori, I'd walk away. I'd just kind of, you know. All I wanted to do was love the Lord and be a good Christian. And so I just followed the leadership of the church that I got saved in. And when they said, this is bad, don't do it, then I said, oh, well, I believe them. Uh, Because that's what you do when you go to a church. You believe your pastor and you believe your leaders. You know, what was that? Yeah. (laughs) And um, and so I threw threw the baby out with the bathwater. I threw the bath out and, uh, and the toilet and the shower and everything else. And I threw my whole heritage out the door, and I became the uh, the brownest Pākehā you ever seen. <laughs> the trouble is, is that it's not my makeup. Uh, my makeup is to love my family and to you know, if something happens to families, gang up, get together, talk all that kind of stuff. And so when I got saved, all that changed for me, and. Um, it's only been in the later years of my life where now my generation is sitting on the pai pai and all my cousins and friends, I go back home now and to the marae I used to play at and they're sitting on the pai and they have beautiful whaikōrero. My cousin Angus, just, just amazing. And, uh, and I sit there and I know nothing. And I just thought, I've wasted my life following God. I gave up everything for the Lord. 
we pastored for 22 years. Um, we were in leadership for most of our Christianity uh, in the New Life Stream, uh, Elam Church, uh, and quite a few others. Um, you know, we, we were even Destiny Church for a while. Um, but, you know, all of that, and one day I sat down, we had a huge church split, and um, I broke down, had a mental breakdown. Uh, I just wanted to bash everybody, so I thought, oh, Jesus, this is not good. And um, so I had a mental breakdown, I was, uh, I was shipped off, I was shipped off to Whānau back in Rotorua, because no one could handle me here. And um, I spent a year up there going through rehab uh, for burnout um, and all this emotional stuff that I don't, and I didn't know where it all came from. And then um, when I got better and we came back, that's when the church split. And uh, we continued for a while, and then in the end I just thought, I can't do this anymore. Uh, my wife was carrying the church pretty much, and uh, I was just oblivious. And so we closed the church, was it 2015? 14. We closed the church in 2014, and uh, I did the old, I'm out of here, and I just walked. And, uh, you know, how many people have tried to walk away from God? Yeah, and you've said, that's it, God, no more. Um, I'm out, I'm finished. And half an hour later, you're sitting, you can't say, and anyhow, God. <laughs> you know what I mean? You start talking to him more intimately than you have in the last five years because you want to go. And, uh, and so I, have, I would have a heart-to-heart with God and I'd tell him what I, what I thought of him and what, you know, he'd ruined my life and he'd stolen from me and the church had stolen from me and, you know, you know, you said that, Lord, you said that uh, these, these things would bless me. I'm still waiting for the bless me, Lord. And uh, because nothing came our way, we lost everything. And uh, uh, the church split. Uh, we lost our houses. We lost our church building. Uh, it split our family. And, uh, it, well, it split us. But, you know, God is so good and he's so gracious. You know, isn't it amazing that God knows all about each and every one of us and the parts that are missing? He has them. And so I started the journey of, of learning who I am. Uh, there's a little t-shirt I used to sing, you know, and it had uh, Kōwaiō, who are you? And uh, on the back was uh, He Māori Aho. I'm a Māori and I saw that and I just said, oh, I'm a Christian because that was my culture. I'm a Christian. But the thing is that that never, that never cut it. And then I looked at the Lord and um, he was he. He was a Hebrew. Paul said, I am a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He made some mean tea, you know. <laughs> and um, you see, in their Christianity, they never lost who they were. They never gave up their vain genealogies. They never gave up uh, who they were. They kept everything of their culture. Nothing was thrown out. And yet, I threw out everything because that's what I was taught. 
And so I'm on the journey of restoring um, those parts of me that, uh, that have been lost. Um, some of them have been stolen, taken. Um, you know, it's amazing what people can do when they change a law and they take your land. And then they say, oh, we like that, so um, we're going to put a road through it. And they, they'll give you some peppercorns and take your land and then build a road through it. And we, we smile and nod and say, oh, oh wow, that's great. And, I, and um, now, there's, now I've got no, no home place. I've got no place to go. And, um, but that's okay because <clears throat> they sold their land to somebody else. Now it's, uh, I think it might be owned by the Chinese. <clears throat> but this is what's happened for us and for me in this journey. And I'm like my wife. Sometimes as I look at the history and, and um, one of the most impactful things in my life came from uh, our pastor, Pastor Sam. He did a little dissertation on Parehaka. I tell you what, I sat there calm on the outside, but on the inside I was raging, raging for what happened to the people at Parihaka. I was burning and I was screaming on the inside. But on the outside I kept calm and just like, awesome, that's fantastic, Pastor Sam, wow. But on the inside, I tell you what, I was burning up. And so, in this whole journey, I've had to reconcile myself to myself, reconcile myself to my culture, and reconcile my culture to the cultures around me. Who still think that um, Māori language is the language of devils, who think that carvings are uh, pictures of demonic things, and uh, we wear things. Everyone wears things. Everybody has their culture. And I just want to say today that it, but for the grace of God, I would have left the things of God. I would have walked out the door and I would have been a bitter, bitter old Maori man uh, sitting there in my little mud pile going, well, it was me. But you know, God's grace is sufficient. Every day, I can wake up and say, okay, God, here we go again. Once more, once more, here we go again. And I, I pick up my cross and I bear it so that I can, I can be all things to all people. So to the Māori people, I can actually be a Māori. And to the Pākehā people, I can be Christ. And so this is my journey and um, it starts with the real. And so uh, I've got this wonderful kaioko who's sitting just back here. And she's helping me on my journey. The great thing is that she loves the Lord. The same as my wife and I do. We just love him to bits. But knowing that we can love him and be Māori, that's a change for me. Because I thought I couldn't love the Lord if I was not like everybody else in church. And so to love the Lord as a Māori has broadened my horizon. It's broadened a whole lot of things. Uh, but it's, it's, it's put a, a few stumbling blocks for me. And so um, this is my journey. And it is a journey. And uh, I don't know whether I'll ever get to uh, where I want to be or where. But now God's got a plan for my life. Um, 
and that plan is for me to be the best that I can be. And, uh, you know, when we look for a church, we said, oh, okay, um, I wasn't coming to look for a church. I was coming to talk all my friends who were coming. I thought we were coming for them. They thought they were coming for us. God's got a cunning plan. He pinned a tail on it and called it a weasel. And, um, and so we came for each other. And then the first thing we see is they sing to hear. Just, and, and tell you what, it's amazing when you can hear guys, I mean men, who can sing in tune. It was amazing. I was like, whoa, worshippers. We got worshippers at the front. Yes. And then, um, and then this, this, this mighty guy gets up and he shares a bit of his testimony. True, bro, Brucey. And I went, whoa, they got a Māori boy up there sharing his stuff. This is good stuff. And then the pastor gets up and you know, everyone gets up and they start to quote it all. Welcome, kia ora, everybody. And I'm going, geez, they're pronouncing the words really well. You know? And, um, oh, sorry, that was Joe. <laughs> pastor Sam, well, he's a... Yeah. He doesn't have to worry about stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's been an amazing journey. And so I've knitted my heart here. Um, and so this, this church has now become my spiritual tūranga wāiwa. This is where I stand. And I acknowledge that uh, Sam and Jen are my pastors. And the leadership of this church are awesome. <laughs> hey, guys. Whatever, says my wife. But I just want to say... Um, I'm not on this journey on my own. I have a church whanau who I know you're going to encourage me that when I want to give up learning the real because it's too hard and because I'm too old and, and uh, oh, there's so many things that I could be doing. You know, like sitting down <laughs> by the fire, eating, having a cup of tea, biscuits, cakes, reading a book, watching movies. All those important things. But no, I've got to go to a real cast and learn a language. I have no idea. I go, what? But I know that uh, there are a lot of people here who support us. Our leadership are amazing. And uh, it's just a, an honour to walk this journey with you all. Because we're in this boat together. Okay, This is the waka of Bay City Vineyard or Bay Vineyard. And this is our waka. And this is our journey that we go together. So kia ora.